Praise the Lord. Okay. Acts 13, verse 13 to 38. Now Paul and his companion put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But going on from Perga, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent to them, saying, Brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. Paul stood up and motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he led them out from it. For a period about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed that their land and as an inheritance of all of that which took place about 450 years. After these things, he gave them judges until Samuel and the prophet. When they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. After he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do my will. From the descendants of this man, according to promise, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We just celebrated Christmas and the Savior Jesus Christ was born. Amen. Hallelujah. That's so wonderful. Now let's continue. After John had proclaimed before his coming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and while John was completing his course, he kept saying, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he, but behold, one is coming after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brethren, sons of Abraham's family, and those among you who fear God, to us the message of the salvation has been sent. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers recognize neither him nor the utterance of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled these to condemn, uh, by condemning him. And though they found no ground for putting him to death, they asked Pilate that he be executed. When they had carried out all that, 
was written concerning him. He took him from the cross, or they took him from the cross, cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. The very ones who, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers, that God has fulfilled the promise to our children, yeah, to our children, in that he raised Jesus up, as he is also written in the second psalm. You are my son, today I have begotten you. After, as, he, as for this fact, he raised him up from the dead, not, no longer to return to decay. He was spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. For David, after, had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep, and was laid among his fathers and underwent decay. But he whom God raised did not undergo decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Hallelujah, so far. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your wonderful grace and for your wonderful gospel. And we are here together, O oh Lord, gathered in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you may bless, bless this word to our souls, that we might get strengthened. I thank the Lord, give me grace to speak your word, give grace also to listen to your word, and even more, give grace to act upon your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Now, pressing on, Paul and his mission team. They had so many difficulties before. And after they have overcome the, uh, the demonic attack, they went on and preached the gospel. Nothing could deter them. Once you have a call to preach the gospel, don't be deterred from anything by man or any circumstance. Do the work of God. Praise the Lord. Also, this morning, I don't want to forget, I see my dear brother uh, Aaron and his dear wife. Welcome all the way from Fiji. Hallelujah. And Pesam, welcome. Kara's brother, welcome here in Melbourne. And a relative of ours, the grandson of my cousin in Germany. And his name is Fabian. God bless you. Welcome here in our midst. Let's give them a warm welcome. 
Hallelujah. Welcome. God bless you. Now, as I said, nothing could deter them. And even that, even not we read that even John Mark, he left that team. Somehow, for any reason, I don't know, but they let him go. Nobody is compelled to be in the ministry. But once you have said yes, the Lord expects of you faithfulness and keep going serving the Lord. Now Paul and Barnabas wanted to go to Pamphylia, to the area, and that area was a little bit dangerous because there were fast-swelling rivers, and within no time these rivers could become very dangerous. And also robbers on the roadside. You remember that man who went from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he fell under robbers, amongst robbers, and he was beaten and laid on the side, half dead, we read. But also, this area was known for um, fever infested. And interesting, they went into that area. With the Lord, we can go anywhere if the Lord is with us. Amen? Hallelujah. And you know, Paul reflects on it in Galatians chapter 4, the verses 13 and 14. But you know, and he writes to the Galatians when he came to that place, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. That was then when they went over to Galatia. The first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. The one who is preaching the gospel, he is a minister of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And Paul said, well, that's the way you receive me. I might have had fever because he went in that fever-infested area. But God brought him through. And he said, do you remember that when I came to that place? And he was not looking for anything, but he was faithfully preaching the gospel. As they arrived in Pisidia, in Antioch, there was another Antioch. We know the Antioch in, um, the, in Israel and on the uh, uh, east coast or west coast where actually Barnabas came from. And this is a different Antioch. Now, as they were sitting there, like you, and after the reading of the scripture and the prophets, one of the officials of the synagogue, he saw this new man, as I see if somebody is new here. And he said, now, you man, is anyone of you here who has a word of encouragement for these people? And guess what? Somebody did this. Who was it? Paul. He motioned with his hand 
In other words, I have got something to say. Now let's have a look at the congregation Paul was preaching to. And he was an ex-Pharisee. He knew the Old Testament and he studied everything. And he was very clear about Israel. Now he addressed the congregation with his words. Men of Israel. First of all, they were Israelite. Jesus himself always addressed his preaching to Israel first. And that's what Paul says. Israel, the Jews, have to hear the gospel first because of the Jews, Jesus came. Hallelujah. That's why I like this uh, slogan from Celebrate Messiah. The message must go back where the gospel came from, from Israel. And these were people who were there, and he addressed it to them. And Jesus himself, as I said, he always addressed his sermon, his preaching to Israel first. As we read in Matthew chapter 15, the verse 24. But he answered and said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You remember this lady from Phoenicia and her daughter was demon-possessed. And she said, can you do something? And the disciples said, send her away. You know, there's a woman running after us and screaming at us. Embarrassing. What, is she, what does she want? Send her away. And Jesus turned around and said to her, listen, I've been only sent, or mainly been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And what did she say? Anybody knows the Bible? What did she say? But, Jesus said, it's not good to take the bread away from the children and give it to the dogs. She knew exactly how she was actually um, seen by the Jews, men, and these gentlemen. They said, send her away. And she said, no. Even if there are little crumbs that falling off the table of the rich man, these crumbs I want to have. And Jesus said, oh woman, your faith is great. Go as you believe. And we read that her daughter was healed. Hallelujah. Being set free, perhaps in a similar way as we heard this morning, the testimony. Hallelujah. Jesus has power over all the powers of Satan. Where Jesus is and when Jesus comes, the power of Satan is being broken. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't fear anything. Don't fear anything. Believe the word of God. Jesus has overcome Satan and his power. Hallelujah. Now remember, ever since God called Abraham, God wanted to reveal himself through Abraham. And we can read it in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. 
where the promise came actually when God called Abram. You know, Abram is his first name. And God changed it later on in chapter 17. That's why I do not agree. And I can show you in the Bible, the Muslims are not posterities of Abraham. They are posterities of Abram. Read it. In chapter 17, Abram became a new name. And there was this H being put in. And do you try to pronounce the H without exhaling? H. Abraham. And that's the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit of God. Abraham before. The Muslims can have him, but God changed him to Abraham. He was filled with the Spirit of God from then on. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, the Bible is good. If you understand the Bible, you get excited because the Word of God is so strong. And God said there, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Hallelujah. Can you imagine all the families, all the families will be blessed through Abraham and the seed of Abraham. We know who it is. Is this Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Now God kept Israel till today. Israel will be standing and will be existing no matter what Muslims say, no matter what Iranians do with all the nuclear warheads. I don't care. God promised when he will come back there will be an Israel in the land in Israel. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you believe the word of God? I do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be a land and a nation of Israel. It will be so long there till Jesus comes back in Revelation chapter 19 the verses 11 to 16, when he comes on a white horse, hallelujah, and the saints following him on white horses, and then people must declare, Jesus is Lord, he is Lord, and they will kneel down and worship him. I mentioned that in our prayer meeting last Friday night. Hallelujah. I could imagine this picture. Do we have a, an, an artist in this church who is able to, to make nice pictures? I think my dear sister, my dear sister, yeah, I know my wife, she can also do. But, there would be a wonderful picture and if the Lord inspires you, draw a picture and paint it. Jesus on the white horse 
coming because heaven is open and following him, all the saints, hallelujah. And then you not only focus to heaven, you have to focus to earth as well and see all the people, all the nations on their knees confessing Jesus is Lord, amen, to the glory of the Father. That's so wonderful. Now the next group of people we see uh, the Apostle Paul addressed was God-fearing people. God-fearing people were people who somehow looked at Israel in high regard. If only our politicians would understand this. If they want to understand who Israel is, they would love Israel and not believe everything that is written against Israel by the media. We know the media is always against Israel because the devil is behind it. But God-fearing people, people, these were people somehow they regarded Israel very, very high. Bless Israel. And when you pray, pray for Israel. The Bible says we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen? Hallelujah. We sang a wonderful song in the beginning, the new Jerusalem. And now dear brother Colm and his family and his two daughters have been many times in Israel the last few years. And they told me a wonderful secret. My name is already written there. Did you know that? There is a street in Jerusalem. I haven't seen it, but I believe you. And you know what a street is being called? Werner Street. <laughs> Hallelujah. So my name is all written there in Jerusalem. <laughs> a street is called after my name. Of course, they don't know me. They don't know me. But it's wonderful. Then my name is written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Hallelujah. That's so important. Now, as I said, Israel was in high regard by those who feared the Lord. There was the queen from Sheba. She heard about the, the wisdom of Solomon and heard about all the the, the wonderful things he had, and she went and made a state visit. She rang up the number. King Solomon, I've heard about all the things. Can I come and visit you? And one of his ministers said, Yes, you are welcome. Welcome. Where are you from? I'm from Sheba. Where is it? Somewhere down in Arabia. Can I come anyway? Yes, come. And then she had questions. And Solomon, he was able to answer every question. Hallelujah. Every question. And she was amazed. And then she saw all the glorious things in the temple, the service 
in the temple of Israel. That was wonderful. There was a lot of hallelujahs being sung in the heaven or in Jerusalem. Amen? And that was wonderful. And she was so moved. And as she had to return, she made a comment. What was her comment about all the things she experienced and saw there in Jerusalem? Anyone can say it. What did she say? Not even half of that what I saw has been told to me. Usually people overemphasize, don't they? But here in this case it wasn't. I heard so much about you, but even not half of it, I saw even more than what I heard. I tell you what, when we come to heaven, Sister Vani and your dear husband and my dear wife and all who believe in Jesus, we will be so amazed. We have read the Bible. We have read about the pearly gates and all the wonderful things in heaven, golden streets, and so on. But when we meet in heaven, we might say perhaps, did you know it would be that beautiful here in heaven? Did you know that? Yes, I read. But it is beautiful, hallelujah. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. Heaven is a glorious place. Hallelujah. Now, the Syrian king sent one of his, uh, his great um, um, military men because he had leprosy. And a little Jewish girl was in his household and she said to her master, if my master would be in Israel. He could be healed of his leprosy. And of course, the whole state machinery was being put in, in motion. And the king of Aram or Syria, you can read it in, I think, in 2 Kings chapter 5. He wrote a letter and dictated, now when this my servant my military man, Naaman, when he comes, you make sure that you heal him. Because the little girl said, if he would come to, to Israel, he would be healed. She didn't know how God will do it. But somehow Israel stood in high regard. The people of God are in high regard. And Israel was in high regard. And when the king read this letter, you can read it in Second Kings chapter 5, the verses 1 to 14, in your own time. He said, well, I can heal him. I can do it. Am I God that I can give life and take life? I can do it. And he ripped his clothes. And somehow Elisha heard about him. Elisha, the prophet who was there, he heard about what happened in the king's palaces. 
And he said, in other words, send him to me. And he came to Elisha. And he was there with all the people and all the horses and all the entourage. They were outside of the house of Elijah. And Elijah sent his servant Gehazi and said, tell him he should go and dip himself seven times in the river Jordan. And so his servant came out and this Naaman, he was not happy. He thought perhaps this prophet would come and do a thing and so somehow like this or whatever. You know, he would wave his hands over me and say, be healed. No. He asked just a simple thing. Go and baptize yourself or dip yourself seven times in the River Jordan. I never have been at the River Jordan. Is it a clean river? Sometimes. Perhaps at this time, obviously not. He was not willing to dip into that dirty water, perhaps like the Yara. I thought he would come and wave his hands over me, but he didn't. But then one of his servants said, Master, if he would have asked you something heavy or difficulty, surely you would have done it. But he's asking just a simple thing. Go and dip yourself seven times. And perhaps unwillingly, he took the rein of his horses, turned around, said, go. And they went to the river. He came down from his high horse and he dipped himself seven times. Believing in Jesus Christ, becoming a child of God, is not a heavy thing. Amen? It's easy just to do what the Lord says. Confess your sin and the Lord will forgive your sins and will cleanse you by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And this man, as he dipped him the seventh time, his skin became clean, clean. If you want to see, and the Bible says here, as clean as the skin of a baby. My wife, she likes little babies. We only had three. But for the love of babies, oh, she likes them, especially if they're nicely being washed and so on. You must touch the skin of a baby, like velvet, isn't it? Unclean. And his skin, before so rough, before so full of aching and sources, was all of a sudden clean like a baby skin. Hallelujah. And then you read further on what happened. Now even the inhabitants of Jericho, when they heard that Israel is moving out of Egypt, this slave nation, they were terrified because they heard about the things and all the nations who withstood Israel must or should and had to bow before them and give them the way. And Israel was conquerors. Now they feared everything. 
And we know this story. Rahab, the harlot, she took these two spies and she said, Whoa, our hearts is melting away. If you only think you would come and I heard you are not very far away to come here to Jericho. What will happen to us? And then they made a deal. And Joshua and Caleb, they said, we promise you, when we come, your household will be saved. Hallelujah. A horrible, horrible thing. A harlot. A harlot. What are you doing there? God doesn't care. He forgives harlot all together and all the sins can be washed away. And interesting, if you read the genealogy of Jesus, all of a sudden you will see that name there. It's a wonderful. God can use any person. If you say, Lord, I'm so rotten, I'm such a bad sinner, can you use me? I tell you, God can cleanse you from the inside out and make you a new person. Hallelujah. Now God-fearing people became proselytes. In the New Testament, we read about a proselyte was somebody who was a heathen before, but somehow he sensed God is in the midst of Israel. If the Arabs only would understand that God is in Israel, Israel is not as yet there where God wants to have them to be. We know that. But God promised Israel to bring them through. Now these proselytes, they realize somehow God is in the midst of Israel. There is blessing. There's blessings in Israel. And they thought, what should we do? I would like to be a part of that nation. How can I become a part of the nation of Israel? And there was a proselyte baptism. And they got baptized in water by dipping and full immersion. By doing so, they washed away their formal heathen life. Yes, and that's why there were many proselytes. Proselytes got it right in one way. But proselytes here in this place where Paul was preaching needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Even if you would have been born as a gentle Gentile in Israel, you will not go to heaven unless you're born again. Unless you're born again. And Paul knew these things. That's why he preached about it. And Paul, the preacher, he was actually a humble preacher. You know, humble preacher, you can see, they don't 
push yourself to the front. He could sit where he was. He sat there. And he didn't say, well, we are, we are coming from Antioch. And there's a big church. And we have certainly something to say to you. No. No. He was humble. Humble people are always being blessed by God. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul didn't preach himself. He preached Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul was also a wise preacher. He was praying with the Jews together in the synagogue. And when it came to preach, he was there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 21. And that was what's the attitude of Paul. He said, To the Jews I became as a Jew, so that I might win Jews to those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. Paul didn't put himself in front and say, well, I'm this and this. No, he, all of a sudden, he behaved like a Jew. And these people understood it. Now, the God of this people, that's what he said, that was his sermon. The God of this people of Israel. And I tell you what, this God of Israel has a name. Who, na who knows the name of the God of Israel? Huh? Jesus, the son of that name, yes. Yahweh. Yahweh. Hallelujah. God's name is Yahweh. His name is not Allah, nor Vishnu, or Manitou, or Wudan, neither Buddha, or Hare Krishna. His name is Yahweh, hallelujah. I am who I am and who never changes. That's a wonderful thing. Now, we have to understand the Bible is true. The Quran is a counterfeit of the OT. That means the Old Testament. And there's another book also and a counterfeit of part of the Bible. And the Book of Mormon is a counterfeit of the New Testament. Understand? Unfortunately, Mohammed hijacked the angel's name only in the Bible known to, to Daniel. And there was the name of Gabriel. And he claimed Gabriel would have shown him everything in the cave where he had this so-called experience. Now, the Mormons wanted to tell us the Bible has been falsified. We, we had some 
conversations of my dear brother James. He is specialized in preaching on the streets. He is specialized. And he preaches the word of God so clearly. Keep going. Amen. Keep going, hallelujah. And preach the word of God. Now, when you come with the Bible, Muslims say, well, the Bible has been falsified and many, many times being yeah yeah, falsified and all these things tempered with but wonderful God is so good did you know have you ever heard about the Qumran scroll Yes, it was from the early days of Christianity even when John the Baptist was there and John the Baptist where did he live before he publicly came up and preached repent for the kingdom of God is at hand he lived in the wilderness amongst the Essenes and the Essenes were a group of people who expected the kingdom of God to come in their time. That's why John the Baptist was so wonderfully equipped to do what he did. And they copied the Bible, the Old Testament, and so on. And they knew very clearly, someday the, the Lord Jesus or the Messiah is going to come. There were troublesome times, you know, with Antiochus Epiphanes, that Greek guy, and he caused disturbance in Israel. And he didn't know when the Messiah is going to come, but all the work they did, all the scrolls, they wrote and multiplied. There were caves where they were, and they put all these scrolls into... Um, clay pots and put them in. Almost 2,000 years later, a very simple shepherd boy, he was feeding perhaps his goats or whatever there on this mountain and he might have lost one or miscounted his sheep. It's horrible. If you miss a sheep, I remember when I was a little boy. Yeah, perhaps as little, not Andrew. John. Yes, John, I'm talking about you now. When I was like him, we didn't have much money. My mother, she was poor. My father died very early when I was nine years old. You know, we had some geese. And my task was to shepherd the geese. I took them, you know, alongside the road, and there were a little bit of grass here and there, and so on. And there was a little ditch, and the ditch was overgrown with grass. And all of a sudden, I counted the, the geese. One was missing. 
Oh, it hurt me. One was missing. Little did I know because the, the grass was overgrown over the ditch and the ditch was about this deep. It fell through. And then when I found it again, I was so happy. I was so happy. Hallelujah. Now this little shepherd boy at the Qumran caves, he might have missed one of his sheep or goat or whatever. In order to find out, it was perhaps a little bit scary for him to go in every cave. It is scary. I tell you what, somewhere where these big caves are. And he took a, a stone, a rock, and threw it into one of the caves. And you heard, he might have thought, perhaps I might hit one of my goat or one of my sheep. But he heard a smashing noise of potterware. He heard it. And that somehow made him curious. What have I done? What is it? And he went in and found, found all these Tupperware, not Tupperware, but uh, Potterware. Not Tupperware, Potterware. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, and then he reported to the authorities. And interesting scholars who searched these scrolls confirmed very clearly that the text that was written on almost for 2,000 years, it was in the year 1945. It's almost like yesterday, isn't it? Yes, and that long the word was kept and exactly as it was written then and comparing with the Bible now it was the same text hallelujah don't believe that the Bible has been tampered with only by those who don't like the Bible they temper it and, and say something else but the word of God still says Hallelujah. And many, many heard this. And when it came to the end of this meeting there in the synagogue, the Gentiles said, when are you preaching again? Can you come next Saturday again and preach? Which they did. But then you should read the story further on. Because the Jews became jealous because when the Gentiles heard that the gospel should be preached to the Gentiles, they were rejoicing.